For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. everyone welcome back to another episode of the podcast it's called lead singer syndrome i'm your host as always shane told as i take you into the conversations that i have with other front men and in this case front women that's right we got two front women today heidi and carla of Butcher Babies are here. Cool story, cool band. A lot going on with these two, even in the middle of a pandemic. Why do people always say in the middle of a pandemic? Like, there hasn't been one in like 100 years, so it really should be in the middle of the pandemic. Regardless, it's a great episode. Thank you so much for joining me once again. It's a good talk. It's a really good talk. Stay tuned. For that, before we get to that, a couple things. I want to remind you, you can always get in touch with me. You can send me an email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and so is the show. And the thing I really want you to check out and follow me on is Twitch. That's the new thing we're doing around these parts. 
I'm doing a bunch of stuff, you know, playing some tunes and hanging out, answering some questions. But also, we're bringing the podcast live to Twitch all the time. I did a live Twitch with Brendan from Atreyu. That's going to be up real soon on the feed, but we're doing them live as well. And also, me and Mike, you know Mike, Mike Howell at Slappy Slam from This Is The New Shit. Yes, this guy's awesome. We've been doing them live on Twitch as well. So make sure you're over there and following me and, you know, you got your ear to the ground. Maybe you're around. Maybe you want to watch them. You know, it's cool. It's something else. It's something to add. Of course, don't worry. The podcast feed will still remain the same. We're still going to put everything up here as usual. But if you want that live visual and, and interaction and everything with me, check it out. The link is twitch.tv slash Shane Told. It's that easy. And if you want to help out the show, of course, we still have the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, where you get bonus episodes, bonus content, and access to a great community and merchandise, and the list goes on and on. Check that out too, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And what else? Well, my band Silverstein, we just released a re-recording of our song, November, we put it out on November 1st. Aren't we clever? Yes, we are. That's on our upcoming Redux 2 album, which is coming out on November 20th. That's coming up real quick, too. And that's also something to look out for, and you can pre-order it if you go to silversteinmusic.com on our store. There you go. Lots of things, right? Even in the middle of a pandemic. Anyway, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Carla and Heidi of Butcher Babies. Am I here? You're here. We're all hey. here. We're all here. This is this is awesome. I love this. Yes. I was hi. Just, hi. Hi, Heidi. I was just telling hi. Carla that I never do. Uh, I never do video. It's um. And then Heidi, I told him that we put on makeup for this, so he better do video today. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. Well, the, the like the new thing everybody's doing now is doing the Twitch, you know, live stream, mm-hmm. which yeah. I'm I'm like getting slowly but surely getting set up for that because I know that's kind of like the future to do these things live and then post them later. But this would have been a great way to start with two very good looking people and. Uh, <laughs> Three. <laughs> that would have been a great way to start, but for now, audio only. I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry. That's all good. So how's it how's it going? Where where in the world are you two? Uh, obviously, shit's gotten crazy. So I'm kind of always asking people like, what's this? What's their setup right now? You know, how are they coping and all that? Well, we actually just got to see each other for the first time in over six months. This week, wow. I had a chance to go to LA, and so Heidi met me there because we both moved away at the beginning of the pandemic. We, you know, we we've been living in LA for forever. I've been there for twenty years. She's been there for uh, how many years, Heidi? 
15. 15 years. So, <laughs> yeah. and you know, wow. we would spend yeah. on tour together every day, obviously. And then at home we would yeah. go do yoga together and do, you know, <laughs> get coffee and smoothies and stuff together. And then we, I moved to Illinois and, uh, then she moved to Vegas. And so, and then the, the whole pandemic, no one can travel and we just saw each other. So that was like pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, first know, time. To see her walking up and like, oh my God, I think I cried a little. It was, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> it's crazy it's going crazy. from not seeing each other to, uh, you know, for six months. And then it was just kind of, we snapped right back in it. We got yeah. our coffee right. and yeah. yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. But yeah, living in Las Vegas now. <laughs> That's that's cool. My sister lives in Las Vegas, yeah. actually. So I uh, I'm there all the time. Like I've spent every Christmas there for the last you know 15 years, and you know my sister's got three kids and everything. So Vegas is kind of like my second home, and it's funny because you know I tell people my sister lives in Vegas, and they're like, oh, so like you know, like, what do they do? Like, is it just like, are they just always like at the casino or whatever? I'm like, well, my sister works at a library actually. Yeah. Those exist here too. (laughs) Right. People, people actually ask me, they're like, really? You have libraries in Las Vegas? I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Do you have they libraries? Have slot machines in them, though. Schools. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we, it's all, it's funny because I've lived here for two months and I went down to the strip once only just for a half a second. Um, and I mean, it's all open here, but it's just, that's not where you really spend your time, I guess, when you live here, unless you work down yeah. there. But um, yeah, no, my brother in law does. He works at the Venetian. But my sister like never goes. She 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 said she didn't go to the strip for five full years once. Oh yeah, she lived there for fifteen years. Five years she didn't even go there I once. I can imagine so that's, that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Unless you have a reason. Yep. No, but I mean, you know, you talk about not seeing each other for six months and that being so weird and and different. Especially, you know, you guys are road warriors, always touring. You know, pretty much since you guys started touring in like what twenty twelve or yeah. so. So. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of like a nice break a little bit maybe to like, you know, maybe kind of re just sort of reassess or not? I are probably different on this. Yeah. I, I think that for me it is because I got to work on my relationship with my boyfriend and I got to um, just kind of do some other things that I usually can't do when I'm on tour. I'm an artist and I'm a grief counselor and I couldn't, I can't really fully immerse myself in those things when I'm on tour, don't get me wrong. I love touring. I love being on stage probably more than anything. And being on stage with your best friends is just like the most incredible thing in the world. But, um, it's been nice for me to just breathe and do these things. And, but with the thought that no one is touring right now, so I'm not missing out on anything that makes it, you know, (laughs) a little easier to do that. Right. Well, I've, I differ in that because we took time off prior to this to write a new a new record. <laughs> so, so it's been, um, uh, our last tour was at the end of 2018 and we played a couple one-offs since wow. then. So I was, yeah. I was a hundred percent ready to jump back and we, you know, full year of touring. Um, it has been, uh, kind of nice to not stress like, Oh my gosh, I'm missing out. Like Carla said, but at the same time, I mean, we're all itching to get out there and just, I know you are. It's like, come on, pump it through my veins. I need a show. (laughs) 
No, it's it's just amazing. You know, like, Carla, you talk about being a grief counselor now. You know, I look at the list of all the things you've done. <laughs> like, just I didn't even know that one. Like, add that to the list. And, you know, I guess the good thing is you're both pretty well adjusted in that this sort of shit happens. Like, people like me, it's all I've done for the last yeah. 20 years. Now I have to figure out some stuff. Thank God I have this podcast. Even, yeah. You know, but, but you know, you, you know, everything you've done from writing to, you know, working in TV and radio, you know, both of you and acting, all that. And that's really a positive thing, at least. I think that in life, you have to be able to adapt to your surroundings. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people who are very miserable. (laughs) Heidi knows one exactly who I'm talking about that because they can't adapt when something comes up that, um, is horrible. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it sucks that we've, that we've lost our jobs and our main source of income and this thing that we love our lifeline is music. But at the same time, you have to be able to, um, snap yourself out of it and, uh, figure out what you're going to do next so that you can survive or, um, you know, just be happy. I've learned to practice gratitude for, for everything so that I'm not completely devastated when things don't go my way or when something like this happens. But I I get where you're coming from too. You know, my, my boyfriend's a career musician, all he's ever done. He's a drummer in Anthrax, also all he's ever done. So it's like, oh my God. So I'm not going to be on the road 10 months this year. Like, what do I do? do? What do (laughs) I do? You know, you can't just, you know, and then, it's, it's a, it's a huge adjustment, but I think that you have to, like I said, just learn to adapt and people that's a, it's a life skill that everybody needs to have. Right. No, it's true. And for me, you know, 20 years and, and like, I love cooking, but I never really got an opportunity to do it. And now I'm actually like getting pretty good at cooking just because out of necessity, you know, one for being home and two, you know, where at least where I live for a long time, restaurants were completely closed. So you couldn't yeah. even go out. So, you know, there's those kinds of things. I think you just got to stay positive and be like, Hey, that's a new skill I developed. And not to mention like some shit around the house. Like I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm, I'm learning how to do drywall and, and put new studs in my house, you know, all <laughs> things like that. So I think whatever you can take away from this experience, you know, hopefully like, you know, we used to like five, four or five months ago, we'd say, Oh, when things get back to normal, I'm not sure exactly what normal's going to be. Exactly. But at least we've we've picked up some new shit along the way. Yeah. yeah. So tell us what what have you? What is your best dish now that you're a chef? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, <laughs> my best dish. My girlfriend really likes my pad thai. Ooh, so, pad thai. That's and, fancy. And this isn't this isn't like pad thai like you buy the sauce and you mix it with the noodles. I'm talking like from scratch. You know, nice. like you got to go to the Asian grocery store where th- like the, the packaging doesn't even have English on it. You have to like yeah. look at a picture on your <laughs> phone and be like, is this the right thing? Because at the at the Asian store near my house, the there's like the, you know, Asian character for whatever it is. And then it's translated to vegetable. No matter what it is, it just says vegetable. It's vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't help very much. But no, I, so yeah, I, I'm doing a bunch of different stuff. I mean, you name it. I've, I've kind of dabbled. I made some tempura, um, vegan tempura uh, broccoli, bam, bang, bang broccoli uh, just Ooh. the other night, which was, yeah, it came out awesome too. So I'm not scared of anything anymore. Yeah, that's kind of how we've been too. We started using our Traeger 
with everything. <laughs> so we're just smoking everything. We're like, can we smoke spinach? Like, let's try it. <laughs> so we're, sure. we're smoking everything here. So it's been for us too. Um, I found that it's so fun and kind of intimate to cook with your partner. And uh, yeah. it's kind of, you know, he'll handle the proteins and I handle the veggies and we kind of just do this thing together nightly, you know, sip on a glass of wine or just straight vodka either way, depending. <laughs> and how we're feeling and and, uh and it's been really it's been really nice and not to mention saving a shit ton of money i mean right wow just uh we i it's crazy how much i used to just go out uh even like midday like grab a beer i stopped drinking beer because it was just like oh this doesn't make me feel very I'm gaining a lot of weight with beer. So it was just like, yeah. it was, I, it was crazy to me how much we used to just go get lunch and midday beer or, uh, you, you know, spending a lot of money on that stuff and then saving money, cooking at home, making sandwiches or bomb yeah. ass meals. I'm like, wow, this would have cost so much money at a restaurant, but here we are, you know, gourmet. No, it's true. You start, house a butcher. <laughs> you start to do right. You start to do the math and, like like the the now I've eaten out a few times now because things are opening back up and then you start yeah. to look at it and you go wait a second I know I could make this for like two dollars you know and yeah. it's uh, yeah it, it is kind of funny you start to do that and I mean I'm sure a lot of norm like normal people are rolling their eyes at this conversation but <laughs> I've lived under like a very big rock um you know for my for twenty years and and you probably sort of have to right like we don't well, live normal lives. Yeah, I, I don't think lives. I ever made myself any food at all until the last couple years. Like I would always go out and just get, you know, whatever, carry out, um, yeah. or someone else would do the cooking or whatever. But right. it's, it's actually very gratifying to go out, get the food and make it yourself. And yes, maybe that's something that other people have done their whole lives. This is so uh, <laughs> lead singer. Oh, conversation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Someone folds my laundry. <laughs> they don't. I do. I actually clean my own toilets too, guys. <laughs> there you go. Same. There you go. You heard it here I first. I pick up the dog poop, clean the toilets, <laughs> but I won't cook. <laughs> but yeah, like having to adapt, I've started, you know, I used to be a radio DJ and I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to try and get back into this and, uh, starting doing different morning shows through our Twitch stream. And it's been really fun to dive back into show prep. I used to have to get up at like three 30 in the morning, be to the studio by four, uh, you know, star show starts at five and at 10, by the time people are rolling out of bed, I'm done with my day and I loved it. And, uh, so it's been kind of fun with my dude to be able to like, pull out some show prep the night before work on this together and then broadcast it in the morning. And, um, it's, it's fun to bring that aspect of my life back into my current life. I kind of want to get back into radio, uh, uh, you know, like real radio, sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, while we're not touring, it's something I could totally do if a station allows me to leave for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's, it's a great thing. So, you know, I want to talk about, go back a little bit and talk about the beginning, how you two met, you know, uh, Carla, you're from Detroit. Heidi, you're from mm-hmm. Utah. It's a mm-hmm. bit of an unlikely match to, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. And your backgrounds and your backgrounds to come together, you know, in LA and start a heavy metal band. It's (laughs) a little bit, you know, not just a 
cliche typical story. So no, talk to me a little bit about there's, that, if you don't mind. I'm sure you've told it a million no times. There is no reason but. that Heidi Shepard and Carla Harvey should be friends. Like, on, <laughs> it, like and it's like, it's, it's, it's insane, to be honest. You know, I moved to L.A. when I was like 19 years old to be a rock star. And then Heidi came, you know, years later to do the same thing. And, uh, you know, well, I actually, homes. I moved there for a radio station that I was working for, but then quickly realized I was sick of playing other people's music on the air. I wanted to play my own. So there you go. <laughs> but, you know, coming from the different places that we grew up too, and just our different, you know, like you said, our different backgrounds and um, Heidi is, you know, the cheerleader to my goth girl, I think, you know, and it's like, but it works. And, Even what um, we wore the other day, we walked out yeah. we were going to the rainbow and I was wearing a bright yellow dress and Carla was in all leather. <laughs> that just yeah. shows our different personalities. Yeah. We, um, I, uh, so I had came to LA to, to be a musician and then I um, ended up doing a lot of acting. I was a TV show host for the Playboy channel. I did a lot of cool things, but I really missed music. I wanted to get back into it. Um, I went to Mortuary College and, yeah. you know, didn't do any acting or anything or music for a while. And I saw a MySpace ad that said they were looking for this other girl for this this group that had tape on their nipples and they were singing cover songs. And I was like, that sounds fun. Maybe that'd be my way back into this whole music <laughs> thing. And the guy that I was seeing at the time said, no. I told you I didn't want to date a musician. I wanted to date the girl who wants to be a mortician, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh. So mm. I answered the ad anyways, and I went. And um, I, of course, got in the band. And uh, Of course. I, I came, of course, because <laughs> I was a perfect fit. And uh, <laughs> I had to go home and tell this guy that I was dating, and he broke up with me, of course, because I went behind his back and tried out for this crazy band anyways. But it ended up changing my life completely. And Heidi, you can, I mean, tell. Well, it was pretty cool. From your your perspective, Heidi, okay, so you you had the band going. What was there? Mm -hmm. There was a decision or or an idea that someone had to have another, like a co-front woman? Because that's, that's, there's not a lot of bands like that at all. We had. Especially in that genre. We had five girls. And uh, it, so this was a, 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 it was like Spice Girls on crack. It was crazy. Uh, there were five of us and we had to, we had to fire one of the girls cause she was doing heroin in the bathroom. And we're like, we don't stand for drugs. Like get out of here. And so I put it on my space and then um, I, you know, had, a, we had a couple girls come in and then when Carla showed up, it's the famous story of she rolls up in this purple Corvette and purple fringe shoes. And I look at her and I'm like, I don't know. Are we going to be friends? And we ended up being best friends. And in fact, uh, you know, as we got to talking, it was really cool because she and I loved, uh, you know, we loved metal and uh, we both wrote original music and really wanted to do original stuff. And in that band, it was so cool. We did a lot of really great stuff. And we had residencies at the Roxy, the Viper Room, the dragonfly you know we were playing at the same time as steel panther in hollywood and we were drawing and it, it was, was really fun like it, it, it was, was cool. pretty amazing what we were doing back then um you know and people uh, were like these girls are jumping around on stage and they're screaming and spitting jack daniels and pouring blood all over things i have to see this and we really created like this uh this like fucked up party in hollywood right. um 
but I, it was always sold out every every Monday night. It was pretty awesome to to uh, be a part of. So you were but, you were like the female version of of I guess they were called Metal School at the time or whatever Steel Panther. Yeah, but yeah. but to, like way more punk rock and just it was just like I said, we would literally spit whiskey in people's faces. Throw bottles. Oh I'm surprised we never got some, arrested. We would do some crazy stuff. There's some this of the great shit we picture. did. I can't believe it. There's a great picture of me and there's a we pulled a guy up on stage and he, his nose was broken and his blood all over his face. Remember that picture? Yeah. And we're standing side by side with bottles of whiskey and it was just it was like complete debauchery. It was like like real rock and roll. It was awesome. Damn. Yeah, you can't I mean, get away with that stuff anymore. You can't break people's noses with whiskey bottles. <laughs> well, I don't think so we boring. did that. I no, think we didn't that do got it. broken we in the pit. It. He, did it, he did it in the pit or whatever, but... Uh. But it was really fun, but it just became... Um, the manager we had at the time was like, he handed us a contract that said he owned our facial expressions. He owned <laughs> ripped fishnets. Like, because I, I wore an, a black eye bar and we, I was just like, this is stupid like carlo let's let's get out of this thing it was going downhill anyways just because like he was like saying one thing to one girl another thing to another girl remember we couldn't we couldn't get in touch with him for a few days because he was in jail (laughs) oh yeah that's right play we're like do we go play the show we didn't it was crazy well you know it's interesting though you you know you talk about steel panther and i had michael star on the show about a year ago uh they're actually playing in detroit actually when i talked to him carla and Uh, I live in Windsor, actually. So I'm sure you know where that is, right across oh, the border. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm always in Detroit. Well, I used to be before I when the border was open. But you know, you talk about uh, a band like that, and you know, they had a lot of success locally. You know, they were doing the thing in L.A., the thing in Vegas. They were playing like three nights a week. They were making all this money, very very little expenses. And it sounds like that was what was happening for you on the local level too. And it was popular. It was exciting. It was, you know, successful. And then you're able to also kind of do your other careers that you're doing at the same time. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide to kind of take this seriously, you know, like, you know, try to get signed, try to tour all that. What what was the, when did you decide, okay, we got to do this? That was a We wanted to make original music, you know, Um, this, he wanted to sign a contract. And so me and Heidi were talking and we're like, look, you know let's just start our own thing together and be who we really want to be. We really want to play um, metal and extreme metal. And uh, like, this is a perfect opportunity to just go for it and just try it. And honestly, when we first started, we didn't expect that it would come this far. I mean, we were just like, let's write original music and let's just have some fun. Let's kind of take the fire that we ignited with the old band and let's, create it with just two girls in the front instead of five right. and let's uh let's like bring our show into our band because it was like it was our thing anyways <laughs> and so uh you know an ode to wendy o williams she was the first female in punk metal and she was just yeah. i mean balls to the wall carla's got the shirt on um, i do actually you know, she, chainsaws on stage all sorts of crazy stuff where it became an all-out assault like visually, sonically, everything. And we really wanted to just uh, kind of, you know, bring the power back to us because it was being taken away by that manager. And so totally. we, uh, and, and um, we started playing around Hollywood just as Butcher Babies now, not the old band and original music. The first show we played was at the Cat Club 
RIP in Hollywood on the Sunset Strip. And it was packed. It was so cool. It was such a monumental moment for us to be like, wow, we can do this on our own. And, um, and as we kept playing and playing and playing, steam just started, things, it just started happening and labels started becoming interested in the, in the, in what we were bringing, which was something different and unique. And I think that that's what music was craving at the time, I guess, was something different and unique. And, um, and it took, uh, we, we courted Century Media back and forth for about two years, but then we finally signed with them. And um, to us, it was, we always took it seriously, but it wasn't like, okay, guys, the main goal here is we're going to get signed. We're going to tour the world. It was like, let's have some fun with our best friends. And I think that that authenticity really worked for us. And it still does. I think that's why, you know, 10 years later, here we are, you know, still at it, going to release music coming up here, you know, and it's pretty cool. uh, The evolution that we've had as, you know, not just a band, but best friends. Totally, totally. And, you know, coming out and I remember when your band came out and I saw, you know, the the videos (laughs) and the photos, you know, everything. And I was like, whoa, like this is this is very extreme. And it really seemed like you really didn't care what anyone said. You did what no. you wanted, but you know, Still you reference, <laughs> right. You reference Wendy Williams and, and plasmatics and, and you know, you talk about how when you were a local band and you can't hit people with Jack Daniels bottles or any anymore or whatever, like <laughs> at the time, even when you came out, a lot of people, myself included was kind of like, can you do that in two, the 2010s? Like, can't, you know, right. and, and I, I imagine I didn't really hear about it personally, but I, I imagine there was tons of pushback and tons of people saying like they're taking things too far. When we there were was, on, but... on the local level, not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the local level, people were like, this is cool. Sick, okay. man. You know, but as soon as things became a little, I, I, it was Revolver Magazine that, um, really pushed us first of all um when things started getting out into the masses then people were like this is ridiculous i can't believe they these girls do this stuff you know and right you get a letter from someone in kansas and they're pissed off about it right oh oh death threats i mean seriously it was bananas and um you know we did this cover of a pantera song fucking hostile and it was pretty It was at, it was a NAM show and it was at a small dive bar for Schechter and the PA was blown and that, that video went viral and people were like, fuck you for covering my favorite song. Girls don't belong in this shit. Get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. But, but you know, the thing is, is if you remember in like the early 2000s, 2010 ish, it was all about shock value. People were trying to outshock each other. It was right. all, you know, just like, what can I do to be different? What can I do to be shocking? What can I do to um, kind of uh, put myself out there in a way that's different than everyone else in this scene? And um, and we did that. And I think that that's why people were so scared of it and so weirded out of it at first. But uh, when it really came down to it, the, you know, the 
what you see in those pictures and those videos, like we're just girls having fun. We're not really <laughs> up there like Satan. <laughs> but no, the craziest no, no. But, thing was that yep, even with that image, we started to notice that people were bringing their kids to our shows and we didn't expect that. Yeah. People started bringing their little girls uh, to, the, and they wanted to be in the front row. And uh, they were saying, you know, you're an inspiration. I want, I want my daughter to be like you. And we were like, wait, you know what? We need to take this a little bit more seriously because we can really start talking about the things that matter to us and get out those things and, you know, really take this to the next level by doing that. And so then we started to kind of, you know, we thought, I think if it's going to make some people stay away from us because this is the image, let's just make it a little bit more palatable to everyone so that we can get our message out to more people and um yeah no no totally totally i have literally i have that in literally i have that in my question right here you know i kind of say you know you guys came out you did whatever the fuck you wanted you still do but there's a certain maturity that's kind of crept in you know and i don't mean mature as in you're 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 older now or whatever like you guys well we are you weren't (laughs) well we are but you know you you know you didn't you didn't start but you didn't start the band when you were like 21 or anything so it's not that it's the it's the maturity within as an artist right and and realizing oh there are people listening and oh there is a different platform and Mm -hmm. you know our uh you know the the things we do can you know make an impact you know Mm -hmm. on these things so you start you start getting a little more conscious of that well it's interesting because I remember kind of that exact moment and I started gosh even even the language I used to use the phrases I used to use all those you know like slutty things I would say just to get a rise out of people you know that to me when I noticed that we were becoming role models uh or had the opportunity even to become a role model, I started living my life in a more positive way. And, uh, and I, it did wonders for me as a person. And all I want to do is, uh, is be able to influence um, anybody younger, older, uh, female, male, doesn't really matter in a positive manner. And um, I think that that is definitely the maturity with butcher babies is, uh, is that it has shifted to, we want to help people. We want to be, you know, music saved our lives and we want to be like that for other people. And, you know, when we first started this band, there weren't very many females in extreme metal, not very many at all. No. And, no. and so uh, we didn't realize the impact it would have on our gender. <laughs> you know, some females are like, holy shit, I needed this when I was a kid. Or I, you know, you're, I I need my daughter to see that she can become something great, you know, regardless of if it's male dominated or not. And so that to us was really, really important. And, you know, some people still look at the old image and the old imagery that we used to project. That's fine. I don't care because it shows growth and it shows that things just because maybe you and we weren't shitheads, but just because you're a shithead in your twenties doesn't mean you can be a bomb ass person in your thirties, you know, or doesn't mean you can't be. So, uh, so that's like, that's kind of like, uh, I guess the growth of us, there's been so many different evolutions of butcher babies. But My favorite evolution, I think is the fact, like if you can look at pictures from back in the day, it's all snarly and 
now when we're on stage, it's mostly smiles because doing this, as she was saying, you know, it's a kind of a healing thing. It's it's a cathartic thing to write about the things that you actually you want know. to sing about <laughs> and then yeah. scream it. And, you know, you have, you basically have a therapy session every time you're on stage every night. So those frowns and just scowls and the mean looks turn into these big, huge smiles that we have when we're on stage now, just having fun. And it's, it's been a, been a journey. Absolutely. No. And it's, it's just the last six months with no shows, both for artists as the therapy and for the fans, you know, as therapy, that being gone has been really tough for people. So hopefully we can, we can do something again. You've been doing some live streaming and stuff, right? Like a little bit I've seen, I haven't actually seen it, but I've seen, you know, some promoting of it. Uh, what's, yeah, we've done some like, yeah. How's that stuff? Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we've been doing some Twitch stuff. We do have a live stream concert planned and details of that will be coming out shortly, but, uh, we do want to do get back to it and get with the, get with the boys and play some music. And, uh, so we're going to, and I think if not, you know, just for us, other people as well, and we're going to be playing all of our new songs. And so for us, that's important, uh, to get everyone together in the same room, hug it out. We all miss each other so much. And, um, but for streaming wise, you know, kind of when the pandemic started, like I, I would do like a couple acoustic songs here and there. Um, on like Instagram live, you know, it's just kind of like, everyone's like, what do I do? I guess I'll just do Instagram live and here's some songs, you know, and it was fun for a little bit. Um, but you know, everyone started doing that, but, um, we, uh, we, we've been doing Twitch stuff just like the morning show and Carla, uh, does a, a death hour where people come in and they ask questions about death and the grieving process. And it's fun for us to be able to connect with our fans on a different level than just music. They can see the art. They can see other things that we're into. Um, we're going to be hosting weekly yoga classes on our Twitch station because it's just fun because we love doing yoga and we can do yoga together from different states now so um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool like when I was a kid and I, I would collect all the metal magazines and you would just obsessively read everything about your favorite you know musicians you would know everything about them from the magazines and we don't really have that anymore there's a few magazines but it's not like it used to be where you have yeah all of them you, with every detail, like tabloid type thing. So I think the Twitch stuff is really cool. And, and uh, so that you can actually see the personalities of these people that well, you look a- up to. Absolutely. You know, I think it's, it's exactly right. And part of the reason that I started this podcast, honestly, was because the conversations that I had with other lead singers, you know, on tour or whatever, so many times I talk to people, I'm like, this is so interesting. And then you read a magazine article with them and it's like, you know, they can only print so many pages and they don't really get to anything interesting and they're all kind of the same. And yeah. it's the same with like mainstream radio. Like someone's on the radio, they talk for like two and a half minutes and then, okay, here's the song. And all they talked about was like the tour and the record, you know, and, and when you have a chance. Which is not the stuff people want to hear about, I no, don't think. You know, absolutely. it's like, yeah, it, I think that people want to hear the more personal stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yes, so, they want to hear about the record coming out and they'll buy it, you know, yeah. and they'll listen to it and they'll like it, but they don't need to, it's like the same questions over and no, over again it's like no. okay we get it <laughs> totally so so with like the podcast long form and now twitch it, you know or that any kind of live stream it's so good because you can give people 
co- the the actual real you. It's not through some filter that maybe a, a editor of a magazine maybe puts on it or a spin you didn't want. It's totally. literally hundred percent you. This is me. It's live. I'm saying what I want. I'm doing what I want. And and here you go. And, and that's like an incredible thing. And sure, I miss. Yeah, I miss buying those magazines and reading about fucking Guns and Roses and like my favorite bands when I was a kid. But you know, um, this is way more real, and mm-hmm. I, I think honestly, it's probably way better now than than when you know we were kids. Yeah, for sure. Um, Guns N' Roses was my favorite band growing up, and so I would obsessively yeah. read about Axel. I even knew where his house was when I first moved to LA in like '98. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, Carla! <laughs> have you no, met me and my girlfriends would go? <laughs> have you met? Uh, have you met any Guns N' Roses members? I have. All of them. I met Axl Rose, and uh, it was a pretty funny story. We we played Rock on the Range with uh, when Axl was doing the Guns N' Roses stuff, um, and uh, I went to the after party, and I wasn't even going to go, and then I went, you know, of course I got to go, it's, you know, Guns N' Roses. I didn't go. Our, she went with our TM. I, I didn't go. I was like, uh. Our TM at the time. <laughs> I think my mom may have been there. Well, they still give out those, they were still giving out those pussy passes that they used to give out, you know, like back in the day. Oh my God. So it was kind of like, I'm not going to go to this weird party, you know, (laughs) but I went just for the hell of it. And there was Axl Rose in the center of the room in a leopard print bathrobe, just holding court with all these girls around him. And uh, it was just so funny to see. And it was like, oh my God, there's, because Axl, he walked through catering and like every rock star in the place looked at him and was, they were dead silent. Like, oh, yeah. you know, it was like, oh my God, it's royalty. It's a unicorn, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of, and he was just sitting there in his leopard print bathrobe. And I went over and said, hello. And I said, hi, I'm Carla. I'm in Butcher Babies. We played earlier. I just wanted to say that I'm a big fan. And he made some comment about my boobs and it was weird. Oh, no. And I was like, so, oh. but I guess that's like, what, what else do you expect from, you know? Hey, I don't know. I, <laughs> hey, I'm sure that's exactly what you dreamed of as a kid. What, if I feel like made some comments. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He t- commented on my boobs. Um, uh, well, Slash is a different story. Slash is actually, he's worn our shirt on stage. He's cool. been a supporter of Butcher Babies uh, for a long time. Um, uh, Duff McKagan, um, met him several times. I actually introduced his other band. Um, it was, at rock in the range one of the years, Yeah, okay. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're all, yeah, they're all really cool. Funny story about the, the Axel guns and roses, um, DJ Ashbrook. Cause he was, he's in, is he still in it now? No, I'm not sure. Oh, he, well, he was. And uh, our, my mom was at Rock on the Range with us and she met DJ backstage and she was like, so what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm in Guns N' Roses. She's like, oh, I'm going to have to Google you. <laughs> like, oh my God. And then, oh, so this was so embarrassing because then our other, we had oh another mom. friend come up. I was talking to DJ Ashba and another friend came up and she said, who are you? Do I know you? Are you famous? And I was like, oh my God. Like girls are so terrible. Not Heidi's mom, but girls in general. Oh, that was like, that was pretty terrible. But it was the oh. same night. The poor guy. Oh, my mom loves Guns N' Roses. She would be so excited. <laughs> my mom loves loves Guns N' Roses because I love them so much. You know, at one point, um, I think I the only time I really slapped my mom was like she was I was grounded. I'm like, fuck you, I'm gonna move to LA. And go find Axe Rose and 
like terrible 13 year old <laughs> Carla. But <laughs> no, I, I had um a, like a fake band when I was maybe like 10 or 11. Like none of us could really play anything, but um, I had a guitar and I could just like, I knew how to do a power chord and I could just go up and down. So we had a, literally the drummer would, you know, those orange Halloween, uh, like plastic, you know, things you put candy in. Oh yeah. He, yeah. he would, one of those was his snare drum and then the other, <laughs> something else he used for like his, you know, his Tom. So we were literally playing a band and we, uh, in the middle of our fake song when I'm like 11, I went into the get in the ring rant from oh, user yeah. illusion I Two, which rant. I had memorized, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, which is when earlier when I talked about the press, like misquoting you, that's why I mentioned guns and roses yeah. because of that song. So I said it like the whole thing, like this goes for all the oh, punks that, in the press that want to start shit. It. Oh, I know me too. Bob Guccione, it's food. What are you pissed off? Cause your dad gets more pussy than you. Fuck <laughs> you. My fucking dick. Exactly. You want to rip off the fans to be paying the harder money to read about the fans they want to know about. Printing lies, starting controversy. I can't remember. I can't remember what I did yesterday. But I remember that shit from when I was 13. I know. Like, <laughs> well, I did the whole I did the whole thing and my parents heard me from actually from outside the house cuz we I opened my window to like try to be cool, you know, so people could maybe hear it like <laughs> like oh maybe like someone from Sony's so cool. <laughs> yeah, like someone from Sony's going to walk by and go, "Oh, these kids are talented." Oh my God. <laughs> and and my mom was out gardening and heard heard me. I got in so much trouble for that. I, I um, bet cuz there's some crazy things in that little speech. Yes, yes, but but anyway, um I don't know what we were talking about, but I I you know, you mentioned when you guys came out and and you know, it was all about being shocking and there was that whole side of it. And one of your first tours was with the king of shock rock himself, Marilyn yeah. Manson, which is kind of a, I mean, a very kind of the perfect tour to get initially. But I mean, oh, that yeah. must have been an experience. I've heard some things about about his tours. Yeah, so you, and you fun. probably heard right. <laughs> well, you it know, was... what I heard the only thing like the one weird thing I heard was uh, we went in, we were playing at the Norva, you know, in Norfolk, um, yeah, Virginia, uh-huh. and they we were like, I guess they're like two days after Manson was there. And we asked, like, I asked like, Hey, can I like, I don't know, leave my bag in here. Or I don't know what it was. Like, you just asked like the, the person they're like, Oh yeah, it's fine. Like, um, you know, and then they told me this Marilyn Manson story about them putting up plastic sheeting all over the walls to have a food fight yeah. every day. They do this. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. They, I don't oh, think okay. they have a food fight intentionally, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't. Do, I have. I have heard about the plastic stuff, but I. But we story. never saw it. Um, it. Uh, but it was actually really cool. That was such a unique, fun tour. Um, we. I remember one of the first things that happened is we were uh, doing sound check, and he came in, and we were at Bogarts in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah I love and it. He walks onto the floor and he looks up because, you know, it's a really tall stage. And he says, don't wear crotchless panties tonight (laughs) or something (laughs) like that. And we're like, (laughs) and then he looked at our guitar player and our guitar player, Henry, was wearing a poison shirt. And he goes, what are you trying to be ironic? And, you know, Henry was excited to talk to Marilyn Manson the first time. And he just, what are you trying to be (laughs) 
It was but he pretty ended up funny. Being really, really nice, and um, he was really sweet to us. And he actually, um, you know, he he made sure that we had a good time, and um, we didn't like hang out with him very much at all. It was very much in passing because yeah, we, we were new to the touring circuit, and we didn't want to you know do anything wrong or we just didn't it was it was very separate um but we made some good friends on that tour uh 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 we learned it was really interesting one night watching him from um soundboard and just see realizing that we're watching one of the last true rock stars you know just wow this is so inspirational like think about how shocking he was, you know, way back in the day. And here he is still like ripping up Bibles and stuff like this is, this is crazy cool. I mean, he's still out there, you know, kicking ass, but um, it was, it was, it was a really cool tour to be a part of. I hope to do it again someday, actually. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you had a great tour lined up right before this all happened with hell. Yeah. And all that remains. And that sadly went away. Is there maybe a chance to pick that up? Is there plans of that? No plans for that particular tour, yeah. um, but yeah. there'll be something, you know, something awesome when we can all start doing it again. There's a bunch of festivals that we're booked on next year, so um, and there has been talk of a couple different tours, but I don't. We th- nothing is confirmed by any means. I mean, besides the festivals. Okay. How about uh, how about you? Oh uh, well, we were in the middle of our 20 year anniversary tour, and. Mm-hmm literally 10, 10 shows in and that's when it happened we found out you know it was the night that we found out Tom Hanks got it and the NBA was shut shutting down and we we uh we had to go home and that really sucked and uh hopefully well we've we keep you know postponing the dates right yeah and it's it's like super annoying because we don't even know like what do you tell your fans it's like you know well if we I guess if we knew it would have been this long we would have just canceled it but like it sucks. Like we have sold out shows that people, you know, were first in line to get tickets for. And what are we supposed to do? Cancel the tickets. And then they, what if they can't go to Have the show? To do when it you again. Do it? Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's, there's so, it's so annoying, but I, I hope that, you know, something can happen again, but man, it doesn't look good. Does it? No, no. It doesn't I mean, it's like, you know, and the number one question we get in streaming is like, when are you going to tour again? And I'm, I'm, have you heard of any tours going around yeah. the U.S.? I guess there's some. I always Here's get the thing. a question from some random person in some small town. When are you coming back through Missoula? And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, my God. No one is going anywhere. Well, Missoula is not that small. No. There, uh, but Florida is open. So I guess we could just go tour Florida. Like They're actually doing, like, you could do a show with a thousand people in Florida, actually. That's fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Florida is, like, all open. Yeah. Um, in fact, I did a, um, a thing about on my morning show about all of us becoming Florida man and telling people what they should expect <laughs> when they become Florida man. <laughs> so we're all moving to Florida so we can go to concerts again. <laughs> we did a drive-in show a couple of weeks That's ago right. and it was super fun. We, we had like, you know, like 300 cars in this uh, uh, field and people were super respectful, like, and they were, but they were creative. People were renting U-Haul trucks and opening the back of them and like circle pitting inside the U-Haul trucks and okay, that's amazing. like climbing on their, you know, pickups and everything. It was really, really fun. And, you know, it felt normal like this the whole day, you know, we get in there, we, the, the stage is there, we sound check, we're hanging out. And then the only thing that was a little different was instead of people, it was cars, but 
it was super fun. I, I'd recommend it if you get a chance to do one. It's it was a lot of fun. It, it was it was worth. I it. I want to do that so it bad. Was worth, they have yeah. them here in around this area. They have drive-in shows like that. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I want to do it so bad. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look into it. I, I'm sure there's you'll you'll have you'll be able to. You know, it was it might be doable. Yeah, yeah. It's it's awesome. So, uh, what else do I have? Oh, I have a fan question here. Uh, oh. where, where is it? I lost it. Oh, this, okay. This, this fan question is kind of, kind of, kind of sucks, but, oh, this is a good one. Uh, sorry, fan, fan that asked the first one. Fan that asked the second one. When writing vocals, you have a really great way of putting it together. How does it work splitting up the vocals? That's a great question. Cause you guys do have cool trade-offs. Oh, thank you. We usually we fight usually to the death. go on a cage fight. <laughs> <laughs> we fight to the death. No, no I, is, I, is it hard though to know kind of who's going to do what? And you know, like if you wrote a lyric, maybe you want to sing it, but maybe the other person's no, voice I mean, gets suited better. I, I I don't think we're partial to lyrics. Like I'll sing some that she wrote. She'll sing some that I wrote. You know, if there's something that we're we're really really partial to, you know, it's not we'll do it but i don't think we really we look at the whole song as you know something and we don't we don't want to like just do it to suit ourselves we want it to suit the whole song and the whole vibe and everything and well every song's a duet yeah so it's a lot of a and b like singing like uh call and answer type of thing um so and if you notice that's what people do in duets as well um but it's uh it's not it's, it's not hard, which you would think it would be hard, but we kind of write things in the vein of like, this will sound good if you sing this part here and then I'll come in here. Or if we're in the studio, we're just like, do you want to start the song? Or do you want me to start the song? I don't care. Yeah. I just want to start it. Isn't there a little switch? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. switch sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. if we're at the studio and it's like, it's not working for whatever reason, you know, then it's, the, we just switch it. And we've never, we, I think that we both shine in every song. So it's not like, you know, it's never a thing. There was one song that uh, is called Thrown Away where I had written the chorus idea and Carla was like, I have this really great idea for the verse, for the verses. And so I'm like, cool, go in and record the verses. And, And then I recorded the chorus and it just kept Carla on the verses and me on the chorus. Um, so that was kind of cool, you know, but um, that, I think that's the only song that we did where it was like you wrote something that you only sang on. Cool. And yeah. vice versa. Cool. No, that's awesome. I guess having another vocalist, another lead vocalist in the band is nice for a bit of a break too, right? From screaming. That's, it's not easy to do, especially how fast you're, you guys, you know, sometimes you're, well, you're spitting those, those screams. It's like, wow. We're running around and we're, we're really exploring our whole vocal ranges while running around on stage all night. So it is, um, it is, a, it is, it's hard. Like what we do is not, you know, we're not just up there, <laughs> there's a definitely a yeah. skill to it we've grown tremendously like i'm really proud of both of us for coming so far vocally and with the stamina um and all that but it is nice to sometimes like be able to take a yeah. breather um with water <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i you know a lot of times though we do harmonized screams or harmonized singing too so we do we're both kind of the 
I think the only break we really get is in between songs sometimes. Yeah, because sure. it, it is going back and forth so fast. For sure. Yeah, we've yeah. done a lot of harmonies on the last um, the last album, especially, and it's been really awesome to to you know sing together or scream together. And these, we we I think that our voices do sound really beautiful together. And it's I I you know I appreciate her talent, and I hope she appreciates mine. And you know it's just it's really cool to put your voices together and make this beautiful thing you know it's it's, it's been a cool experience so because like yeah. i know the text i know the texture of carla's voice will sound like sometimes uh my lower register doesn't sound as good as her lower register and so there's you know different things that te- like textures our voices have that we kind of float in and out of of parts together um and it's it's fun to write that way because I'm like, okay, Carla's low register is going to sound really good here. And then my high register is going to sound good here, you know? And like, and, and it's really, really fun to be able to write without like any, like if I can't do something, I know she's going to be able to do it or vice versa, you know? So it's like, we can do it all. (laughs) So, okay. So when are we getting new music? Because it's been a little while. And I know you mentioned, you alluded earlier that you'd, Maybe you were writing or maybe even recording some stuff. So what's the plan if you can talk about it? Because I know your fans are like all these other questions from the fans are all about that. We are releasing a new single on October 30th. Okay. Devil's Night. uh, Let's go. Yes. And that's exactly um, what I said. (laughs) And this, and we are also releasing a bottle of wine the same day. It's our 10 year anniversary wine. Um, The song is called, and you're the first person we're telling the song is called bottom of a bottle. And so it kind of fits perfectly with the, uh, with the wine bottle too. And we're really excited about it. This song is a little bit of a departure for us from our typical, but it's really (laughs) vulnerable and very, uh, it's very telling and very heartfelt. And I think that to us, it was, uh, important in our new music. We have, um, we have, we're releasing five songs within the next six months, um, seven months. And it was really important for us to be able to, really be vulnerable in these songs. And as much as we've had a shit ton to scream about in our lives. And as Carla said, you know, on stage with the, and now we're smiling, um, you know, there's a lot for us to sing about too. And so I am really excited about the diversity of these upcoming songs. Um, but bottom of the bottom, bottom of a bottle is, uh, one of our favorites that we've written in a while. And and when we started writing it, it kind of just bleh, came out. So we're, it's, it's, it's all real. <laughs> so are you sommeliers too? Is there, is there a big wine uh, education here? Is that also on the list? <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, we, not a lot of do... bands, you hear about bands doing collab like beers and stuff with breweries, but I don't really think I've ever heard of a band doing a wine. That's awesome. Yeah. We love wine. our wine. Yeah. Yeah, nice. it's our sec. It's our second one. It's a blood red blend. <laughs> so you've got a little bit of a cab in it mixed with um, some. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> it just it just <laughs> it's it's a red blend, and um, uh, it's actually really really delicious. We did get to uh, taste the different. Uh, we went down to the winery and we tasted uh, the different. Uh, notes that we wanted to put in it and so it's it is really really good it has a really deep bold taste 
Awesome. Yeah. No, I saw on your <laughs> I saw on your website people can check it out on there if they want to pick up yeah. a case. That yeah. is very cool. Well, <laughs> thank you both so much for talking to me and telling me the old stories and everything. Um, anything we missed and anything else to tell the people before uh, I let you go? Oh, don't forget to come to our world tour 2020. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, uh, my I, you know, I just, I think for us, it's uh, important to say thank you to our fan base and music fans in general for, you know, keeping uh, the spirit alive during the pandemic because, you know, everyone's like, where's new music? Where's new music? Where's new music? People have not let their fire die for new music. And they're just Absolutely. as passionate about getting back into the music as we are. And so I think that that has really lit a fire under our asses Um because they're so passionate. It reminds me of my passion and our passion as a band. I so, love it. Uh, yeah, thanks to music fans in general. And thanks, Shane, for having us. Of course. Yeah, so of cool. course. Anytime. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, if, if um, maybe this is going to become a more of a Twitch thing, you should come on when you have, you know, a new record out or, or whatever, or you're promoting a third wine even. And we'll do yeah. it again. <laughs> we'll chat. I'd love to have you. And, um, yeah, do you no, drink congr- wine? Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I, I should have, you know, what's funny is I saw the wine on your website and I was going to pour myself a glass and I was like, ah, maybe it's a little early to drink. So I have a fucking Coke zero. Um, <laughs> it, but no, I love, I love wine. Um, I, it's my kind of my go-to in my thirties, I guess. Me too. We'll send you some. Oh, please. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can take part in our 10 year anniversary with us <laughs> wonderful well can't wait to hear the new stuff and october 30th get ready everybody and uh i guess that's about all oh what's your twitch too to to plug oh butcher babies tv easy so twitch.tv slash butcher babies tv we want our bb tv <laughs> i love it awesome well thanks so much uh yeah thanks maybe i'll play that new tune i think this will be by the time we Put this on. It'll be October 30th. So let's jam it. Okay, perfect. Bottom of a bottle. Let's go. Woo. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome.
And there is new music from Butcher Babies. Very fresh. This is just a couple of days old. And great to hear that they're, you know, back at it. It's been a little while since we have had some new music from them. But I know that they're going to come back and come back stronger than ever. And it's really great that they're finding so much stuff to do, as am I, in this pandemic. And once again... Don't forget to add me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Told, because I'm going to be going on there pretty regularly. And you can email me, and if you like the show, feel free to write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, and of course, we'll be back on Friday for This Is The New Shit, and we'll be back next week for episode 250, five years been doing the show make sure you're subscribed peace and love and i'll see you next week